up guys welcome back to another episode of the north bros outdoors podcast this is going to be episode 82 i am nick beto and i'm the only one in the studio this week it is currently halloween so i don't know if the the rest of the crew is out trick-or-treating or or what's going on but i've got a special guest on the phone in this week i'm gonna let him introduce himself and he's a listener of the podcast so he is going to give his little spiel and then we will do a sports update this week we're gonna be a couple weeks off on when you guys hear this but i figured it'd be this guest that we have this week is a good one to do a sports update with so go ahead and take it away yeah uh, my name's mason oltman so i'm only known Nick for a little while. Uh, his fiance is really good friends with uh, my wife, but uh, I'm originally a South Dakota guy. Uh, recently, uh, just uh, gained my Minnesota residency, but you know, I was born and raised South Dakota. Goose uh, hunt, pheasant hunt. I just recently started getting into archery, deer hunting the last couple of years, and I've been bit by that bug. Uh, pretty hard but did a lot of ice fishing things like that uh you know since i've known elena i've kind of been listening to the podcast since it started so i'm excited to be on it's fun to talk hunting and fishing with someone so how many episodes have you have you listened to because i would say if i were to take a guess back when because i met you at your wedding yeah and i believe when was that that was this last June 10th, yeah. Uh, last June, okay. So back then, we probably would have been around the, I don't know, 50s, 60 mark, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think Elena told me, I don't, Elena told me you were starting one, and I don't know how far you were, far in you were at, but I think I just kind of started listening to the most recent one, and I think that was like last winter sometime. So you guys were kind of, you know, out in, on the, you know, hard-sided fish houses and, you know, a lot of ice fishing stuff right away. And then you kind of got more into the deer hunting and stuff like that. That's stuff I've been listening to more often. Um, not as much maybe as the, some of the four-wheeling stuff, which I just don't do that much. But I've probably listened to 20 episodes or so. Hey, we'll, we'll get you We'll get you into the four-wheeling game. It didn't... Yeah, it didn't it just did, what I need, another hobby. <laughs> it didn't take me very long to get Derek. Oh yeah! Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> I, I I had to do some convincing on on getting him to sell his bike before he finally uh, took the fall and got the razor. But that's yeah, that's for a for a different episode when we can rip on Derek. I, I like making fun of him more when he's actually in front of me, you know, because then it's he he's always got something to say back to you. And I'm pretty, yeah, he's an easy guy to give shit to. I'm pretty sure I but. actually met him the same day i met you I, I think so too like at the rehearsal dinner yeah yeah and then yep. so ever since then i talked to you guys i talked to you guys more than than some of the uh some of the guys that i went to went to high school with <laughs> yeah and you know me and you kind of connected right away over podcast because i'm that's about what i do i have a th- i've always had like a 30 to 40 minute drive to work um so and i just usually put on a hunting podcast and you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts pretty much every day. I try and find a new one, and uh, that's kind of what we connected over right away. Yeah, the one that you and I both listen to a lot is the uh, the working class bow hunter, and those guys are that. That's what uh, you know. I've listened to probably close to three hundred of their episodes, and they're it's always current, and it's always you know a, a lot of my hunting knowledge. I actually have to give credit to that podcast. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I remember when I first started getting it, I don't even think I'd had a bow bot yet. Um, and I remember just looking up, you know, archery deer hunting podcast, and that just so happened to pop up. And I I think, too, that I think they were like a 250 or something. And then I pretty much listened to every, you know, I got caught all the way up. And then now I, you know, wait for each new one to come out every week. So, but yeah, they're fun to listen to. They're funny. And they have some good stories and good tips too that have helped me a lot absolutely so i said i had mentioned the uh the sports update and before we get into uh wherever this episode is going to take us i 
the reason I said that you would be a good good one to to be a part of the sports update is because you are currently a football coach and you're also I heard you also picked up another coaching gig. Yeah, so at my last job I was a head football coach or head varsity football coach now. Moving to Minnesota, I ended up getting an assistant job uh, that our season ended uh, last week. But, yeah, I'm going to be helping out with girls' basketball this year. So, um, you know, I haven't – you know, my wife played basketball in college, and I watched quite a bit of basketball then. But, you know, I haven't been – haven't coached basketball at all. But, you know, I want to help. They were looking for a coach. And, you know, so we'll see how that goes. But I, I'm excited. I just like – I like coaching. I like seeing kids get better and It'll be interesting, but so with you being a coach and uh, you're 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 a pretty avid sports fan, and you know what we've been doing for our uh, for our sports updates. We usually touch on the Vikings, the 49ers, and then whatever else fun topics that uh, that come to light while we're discussing it. Well, first of all, we'll start with the Vikings, man. They they won uh, they they won a big one out in Green Bay last week. Tough. Tough week for Vikings. It was a good win, but uh, good to get a win, you know, a divisional win. But then, you know, news came out today that Kirk Cousins did, you know, tear his Achilles and, um, you know, is probably not going to be on the Vikings after this year. Just, you know, how contract stuff's going to work out. But it's tough losing Kirk Cousins. But what do you think of the Josh Dobbs trade? Uh, I. I'm glad. I think we picked someone up who's got some, you know, has started some games this year. And, you know, I think, you know, we're kind of just on damage control right now. It's good. I like to see that they're, you know, they're still fighting for the year that we could have, you know, kept Hall out there. And I don't know if we would have won a ton of games. It's tough to see what, you know, tough to know what he could have done this year. But I'm okay with the move. I don't know if there was, you know, a whole lot better out there that, but. You weren't, you weren't on the Carson Wentz, uh, bandwagon that everybody was talking about uh, <laughs> it's it's so tough it, he, the stats for him it's just the facts don't line up the teams he's been on it just hasn't worked out you know after that first acl injury it just seems like he's never he's never that guy anymore yeah that's fair that's fair i do like carson Wentz, though. So, you know small smaller d1 college kid that you know went up and tore up the nfl until he got hurt and it just seemed like he could never get on a good squad again that's something that the the North Bros crew should uh, make a run at is trying to get get Carson Wentz on a podcast. <laughs> even if we even if we just got a phone in fo- podcast from him, I, I highly doubt we'd ever be able to get him in person. But he's quite the the hunter, and I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty big YouTube channel and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. But yeah, you'd think him, you know, NDSU kid that you think he'd maybe do it, but. Well, especially when I when, when I tell him that I've been watching him, I watched him all the way through college too. Went to a, a handful of his games, and he was. I mean, who 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 else in the the Fargo area didn't get to watch him play as a as a college guy? Mm-hmm. But still, be something you know. Shoot for the stars, <laughs> right? And then I saw, yeah, I don't know. I think I think we'll be all right. It's I don't know. He probably I can't imagine he'll play right away this week, but we'll see. Then I saw the Niners traded for Chase Young today. Oh, I did not see that. So I don't know. I, I saw that they were talking to him going somewhere, but I didn't know where he was going to end up. Yeah, we, third round pick is what we traded for him. Hmm. I, that that seems a little um, undervalued for what you get in getting Chase Young. I mean, I... He was a stud coming out of coming out of college, and he was really good with the Commanders. And yeah, so it'll be cool. Niners lost another tough one this week, and the Vikings picked up a big win over over in Lambeau. But yeah, so there's our little sports update. Not a ton. We're we try not to dabble too much into that, being as we're not a sports podcast. But I think it's fun to to talk about you know the favorite teams of the guys that are that are on the show all the time. So with that, um, you're a pretty you're a pretty avid outdoorsman, you know, fishing, hunting, camping. So with this being your first one, we don't necessarily want to pinpoint it onto just hunting. So we can kind of take it wherever 
you want to take it, man. I mean, how how do you get into the fishing and the hunting and and then you you're recently into bow hunting i mean did you grow up around that a lot like your family do it a lot as a kid or what what kind of sparked your interest in that it's a it's kind of an interesting question to ask because a lot of people have different reasons as far as why they got into the hobbies that they're they're in now yeah so growing up i actually did not deer hunt at all uh growing up uh me and my family we were we were big into waterfowl hunting, you know, we shot a lot of ducks and geese and, uh, me and my dad trained, uh, labs for a while when I was younger. And I think that's kind of what got us into the duck and goose hunting a lot. Um, we did a lot of that up, you know, Northeastern South Dakota. Um, and just along with that, we did a lot of fishing, uh, ice fishing, fishing the boat. And it didn't really, you know, when I got into high school, a lot of that stuff still kind of took a backseat because I was busy playing football and, you know, didn't get, get to go out hunting a lot when I was in high school. Got to go a couple weekends, you know, in between football games. And uh, then, you know, I went on to play college football, which, you know, as you know, way too busy to do any sort of hunting. Um, but it wasn't until I got out of college um, that I got into deer hunting. Um, cause finally when I had time in the fall, it was kind of after that, you know, that COVID stuff went on, um, my last football season ended up getting canceled. Uh, I really got back into duck and goose hunting, um, all that stuff, all, all throughout college. I was also, you know, ice fishing a lot, uh, went to Northern state and Aberdeen and there's lots of good fish in that area. But once I was all done with college, it was really when I got into bow hunting and it's something that, you know, I'm just. I'm dead set on trying to get really good at it before I focus on anything else. And uh, I've had a little bit of success. I've been struggling this year, but uh, for the most part, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed deer hunting for the two years I've been doing it really. So you've been bow hunting for two years? Yep. Two years. I've had two full seasons and then uh, this year. So have you taken anything with your bow yet? Yeah, so the last two years, I've gotten a doe each year. Uh, this was back in South Dakota. You know, I had some really good permission spots there and some public spots that, you know, I did well. Um, I've seen some nice bucks. I think the closest I got was like 35 yards to a really big buck. It's, I still sometimes see that buck kind of shows up in my mind every now and then, but I just didn't quite get close enough. Um, he just haunts you. He, he just shows up in your, in your dreams and just, he's like, yeah, you remember me? <laughs> yeah. He was, you know, he was about 10 steps from, you know, giving me a chance. And, you know, it was just during that time where a doe, doe kind of came into his frame of vision and then he was gone. You know, it was, but yeah, I've had, you know, I've shot three times at deer and I've ended up killing two does. Uh, so I've, I've had some, some good success for someone who's just starting out. I was say, man, that's, that's pretty good. Cause I'm on my fifth mm-hmm. season and I have not uh, taken, I haven't even drawn back. I take that back. I drew back on a doe early season last year. And then I decided that I didn't want to, I didn't want my season to end that early. And then I ended up uh, having some tag soup. So was that a good choice? I don't know. And then this this past weekend when we were uh, out in western North Dakota, I had plenty of chances. And we, we've got a couple episodes. The episodes before this one, we talked a lot about how that went. And uh, we saw, I think that the biggest buck that we saw that weekend, he was a really nice, wide, tall 4x4 and I got within 100 yards of him, and he ended up blowing me out. Again, talked about that in the last couple episodes. But mm-hmm. just, you know, being that's your th- – so this is your third season doing it, and you've already gotten two kills under your belt. I mean, you're you're, you're doing you're doing pretty well. Yeah, and, you know, it's something when I, when I got into it, I kind of just got, you know, obsessed with the archery part more so than – even I think, you know, getting good at shooting a bow, I think that's the easy part. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the getting close enough to shoot one with your bow is what I think what the toughest thing is. Yeah, it's kind of, I've noticed that as well, you know, target shooting, it, it's 100% different shooting at a target 
versus when you're actually in the stand and you're, you know, 20 yards from, even if it's a doe. I remember the first doe that came in on me. I was like, I wasn't quite as bad as, as uh, Wixo. He, he's got a story about when he was bow hunting. It was back when he first started. He's been doing it for about eight years now. But uh, the the one of the first sits he did, he had a doe come in, and he was they were in a, a double or a double ladder stand, and he started shaking the entire stand. And you never do that when you're when you're aiming at a target, but when you go from from shooting at a target to going up into the tree, and you got a real real live animal around you, it, it's uh, it's a different. I don't know, man. There's something about just sitting there and nothing has any idea that you're even there. Yeah, I have, I have good, from when I shot my, you know, my first year or, you know, my first kill with a bow. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take us through, you gotta, you gotta take us through your, your first ever bow kill. Cause that's a story that I'm, I'm sure everybody who has one remembers it. So why don't you give, give that story? Yeah. So it was on public land and I actually, I started out bow hunting by hunting out of a saddle. Um, so uh, in South Dakota, it's really where I was hunting at. That's something you just had to do. There were there's lots of small trees, crooked trees that it's tough to find the right trees. So you kind of had to use equipment that got you in the right tree. And the saddle was uh, something that uh, made a lot of that possible. So I was hunting out of a saddle. And, uh, you know, I had this doe come in. And this was the first thing that even came into shooting distance for me. So I'd never, I'd never gotten a deer this close to me before. But uh, I watched her from about 200 yards away. I was kind of hunting over a scrape. It was early October. And uh, Bill walked down the fence line, then turned to come down, you know, the timber line. And when it, it was like 12 yards away, and I ended up getting drawn back. And that was kind of like my first worry was if I could get drawn back. So I'm drawn back, and, you know, I was nervous because I just had to watch this thing walk, you know, 250 yards at me. So then when I do have the pin on it, I was shooting an index release at the time. I go to, you know, shoot or hit my trigger and I completely miss the trigger. <laughs> so I'm sitting there aiming. I have the pin on this deer and I go to pull the trigger and I, there's nothing there because I, I miss it. I don't wrap my finger around the trigger to do it. This whole thing, I was so shook up that I didn't even get my finger around the trigger to shoot it. So did you stay? So, did you stay drawn back then, or did your arrow fall out of the? Of, no, like, like it come so all that happened was like I just moved my finger, and like my body kind of you know jolted because you know I was anticipating a shot going off, but I I did not hit the trigger, so I kind of like jolted, and then the doe looks at me, and then it's got me pegged, and then I was able to get my finger around, and then I ended up getting a shot off. And, you know, at that point. I'd never shot a deer before. I'd never shot anything with a bow. So at that point, then I start shaking really bad. And, you know, I see it bound off and whatever. At that point, you know, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know to listen. I didn't know to look good enough. I was just kind of freaking out. They had just shot a deer. <laughs> Who was the first phone you call? Know, uh, I think it might have been my wife. At that time, she was my uh, girlfriend. Uh, but... I think she was my first one because I said, okay, you're going to have to come out here and help me track it. <laughs> and then I think I ended up calling my dad. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Uh, but ended up, you know, I ended up smoking her. It was double long and it went just back inside the timber, 40 yards maybe. You know, it, for your first kill, it, it couldn't have been much more, you know, textbook. It was so it was nothing. With a double lung, then you had a pretty easy track job, too. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, I had, I had good blood, and I'd shoot uh, cut-on-contact heads and, you know, just blitzed right through her, stuck, you know, six inches into the dirt behind her, and couldn't ask for much better. So what was your, uh, what was, were you using mechanicals or fixed broadheads? Nope, I was using fixed blades. The fixed? Like, fixed blades, uh, double bevel. At uh, that point, I was using uh, the Magnus fixed blades, um, and I've switched switched over to the Iron Wills now, and I've been sharpening my own, and uh, those work pretty good. I've shot a shot a doe with a Iron Will broadhead too. That you know, 
has worked out good for me. I've been thinking about using mechanicals and, uh, I don't know. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger to do it yet. I have, again, have not taken anything with my bow yet, but I'm running the, I have one and, and I don't even remember what, uh, what brand it is. It was with my old, it came with my old bow and now I'm running the Grim Reaper uh, mechanicals and those things when they open up it's like a two two and a half inch spread when they're at their widest point so when i look at that i'm like there's no way that if you make a good shot with that 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 thing is going very far but we'll we're yet to find out we'll we'll find out hopefully this season i know my my cameras when we went out west this last week i contemplated on shutting my cameras off on my phone so i didn't get the notifications well, I didn't have cell signals, so it actually worked out pretty well, but I still have a handful of decent bucks that are running around out there. So that's going to be my plan this upcoming weekend. But So your your first one, we just heard the story on that one, and that was season number one. Now, were you in a down there where you were hunting? Is that just a single tag like it is in North Dakota? Like we get one archery tag unless you get a herd reduction tag or get into one of those programs. But generally... You have one tag. Were you in like a, like like just w- that's all you get is one tag, or do you have like a, a separate system that they do, or what 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 did that look like? So South Dakota does it, and I, I like how South Dakota does it, uh, especially you know for residence wise. Um, so you can you can do a couple things. You can do it get archery wise at least. I don't know much about the firearm side because uh, I've never done that. But archery, you can do a couple couple ways you can get an east river any deer tag and then a west river any deer tag or you can get or i take that back i think it's a east river buck tag and a west river buck tag uh and then i think you can get another option is a statewide buck tag uh and then usually most units you can apply and get an antlerless tag. So how I usually did it was I had my statewide buck tag and then I'd have, you know, just the unit I was in, I'd have an antlerless tag. And that's the tag I filled uh, both, you know, the last two years was my antlerless tag and I never did get to fill my, you know, any sex tag or any deer tag, whatever it was. So and could you shoot two does if you wanted to? Or is it is it one doe and then one buck? Uh, yes, I could have shot two does. So I think the one I ended up getting was in any deer at like either sex tag and then the antlerless tag, if I remember right. So any given year you can have, as a resident, you can have two, two deer tags. Depending on the unit, yeah, or the zone you're in. Uh, I don't know if the antlerless was a draw. I always got it whenever I put in for it, so... I think every zone is different, but I never looked into any of the other zones. But I think most most people I know are able to shoot a doe and a buck from how it works out. And now that you've jumped states, you're in Minnesota now. What uh, are you gonna you gonna miss that, or are you gonna like where you're at now better, or what are you? How are your? Uh, we're well into the season now, but how how are you feeling about about the? the change in residency oh man if i could if i could keep my south dakota residency and live in minnesota i would um you know not an understatement to say i've been struggling in minnesota i've yet to see a a deer in minnesota um just a deer in general just a deer well uh, while i've been deer hunting i have not seen a deer how many sits have you had in Minnesota so far this year? I bet I've gone out nine, ten times. Ooh, man. It's It's been brutal. It's And just some of the differences, you know, there's not near as much public land, at least in the area I live in. There's plenty of public land or in the state. But where I live around and where it's, you know, within 30 minutes of where I live, there's not a lot. Uh, the pressure is crazy. There's people hunting almost every block of woods you drive by um public land i've d- tried public land and i've had people walk under me multiple times um 
I've probably knocked on about 12, 13 doors. And I got one yes on like a five and a half acre uh, block of timber. It's just the pressure and the amount of people that hunt is much different. And that's, that's what's been tough. Yeah, I kind of feel you with the, the permission thing. I, I don't even know the acreage of the piece that I have permission on, but it's similar as far as there, there's plenty of public land around, but that public land that's around gets hit so hard. And the permission, the permission thing, that, that's, a, that's a topic in itself. I mean, I haven't asked very many times. I remember rifle season last year, and rifle is a little bit tougher to get permission than with a bow. Uh, most people are, at least around here, they're more willing to let you go out with a bow than they are a rifle, but a lot of them are going to say no either way. So was that when, when you said you've knocked on like 12 doors, is that, was that like towards the beginning or was that towards the end? And how many times did, when you got done asking, are you like, yeah, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. So I started looking, you know, just, you know, you get into July where you can start seeing, you know, deer and bean fields. And, uh, I did a lot of, you know, driving around scouting, doing that in June, July, um, you know, about every place I knocked, knocked on, there was someone who was very friendly and they're like, yeah, we got someone hunting already. Um, you know, and I kind of thought, uh, I would have an advantage of being a bow hunter because I went into it thinking, well, South or Minnesota, you can hunt shotgun starting the first weekend of November. You know, so I figured a lot of people just wait for that and don't bow hunt. I was shocked at how many people actually do bow hunt and, you know, how many people, you know, have land that's tied up already. And, you know, I got, I got pretty discouraged for a while, you know, but, you know, what I found is if I'm going to have any sort of success, I got to keep trying. And uh, that's kind of what I plan on doing going forward. I wish I would have knocked on more even. Uh, there's one piece that I'm super close on that I just kind of got to wait for someone to, you know, he's getting a little older that he's going to end up maybe stop hunting for a while and then I might have rights to it. But yeah, it's, it's it can be frustrating for sure. Definitely got to, got to uh, keep trying. All right. This is the perfect, perfect time for the tip of the week. What is, what is your tip of the week for the listeners when it comes to trying to get permission on private land? Whether it's for bow or rifle, what's the one tip that you would would give? Um, so, so some things I've seen, and I kind of watch a lot of like those uh, Seek One outdoor videos. You know, all that uh, with Lee, they had a lot of those urban areas down in Atlanta. And what I've felt has helped me when asking for permission is try not to just jump right into asking for permission. Uh, I've always tried to sit and have some sort of conversation with something other than hunting. And usually I let them kind of bring up hunting or, you know, the fact that they have hunters or things like that. Um, and just hit, start with having a conversation before you even ask for permission. Cause usually if you kind of jump right in, it's easier for them to say no. Uh, what I found, and obviously I've been told no a lot in Minnesota, but South Dakota I had really good luck with, you know, you can just go up and have a good conversation with someone that usually that leads to, you know, a better outcome when asking. Um, and even if it's, you know, not something you'll get for that year, but it's something that if you build a relationship at one point, you can maybe come back to it, uh, eventually in the future, if that makes sense. That's a solid, that's a solid, uh, tip there. Cause it, you know, most people wouldn't even think about that. It'd be your, your appearance or, or your approach, which I guess this is kind of your approach, but yeah, that's a good one. Just don't, uh, don't go in there guns blazing with, with, uh, I'll, can I hunt your land question right away? You can work your way to it. That's a good one. But yeah, it's been, it's been tough. I mean, I, I'm still going to try. I mean, there's shotgun season coming up here. There's a couple more nights this week. I'm going to get out, um, on some land that, uh, Elena's family owns that, We'll see. You could get lucky. I'd, l I'd love to at least get a doe down just because I like having, you know, 
deer meat in the freezer that uh, I'll really miss this year if I don't don't end up getting one down. But uh, I do plan on going out to South Dakota for a weekend too. Um, I do still have permission in some of those spots that you know I feel like I finally have those figured out. Uh, so there, there's still some time for me this season. I mean, I always just keep telling myself it just it only takes one. That even if I only see one deer and I end up killing it, that's a good season. So yeah, for sure. For sure. So how many tags are you holding right now? Are, are you taking part in any of the, the, the shotgun or rifle festivities that are that are going to kick off here? Um, I really don't think I'm going to end up trying with a shotgun, mostly because I think I'm just too stubborn or arrogant to <laughs> stray away from the bow. Uh, I bought a new bow last year that I am just dead set on killing something with. So if I shoot anything, it's going to be with my bow. All right, uh, I got to go going out and sitting with uh, my wife's going to end up shotgun hunting. So I'll go sit with her. But uh, if anything, uh, I have my statewide uh, any deer tag. Hey, I've got a I've got Minnesota. a twist. I've got a twist to throw into the rifle question. Yeah. If you had already tagged out with your bow, would that change your mind? Well, the thing in Minnesota is you can only shoot one buck. So if I shot a buck with my bow, I couldn't shoot one with a gun. So if that makes sense. Wouldn't really so change. So I could party hunt, and I could shoot another one and have someone else's tag. But if I shoot a buck with my bow, I can't shoot one with a gun. Gotcha. Okay. But so if I if I had filled a buck tag, um, I th- I could still shoot a deer. Uh, with a gun, uh, using someone else's tag because you can party hunt in Minnesota. Would you Would you have but, an interest in taking a doe, or could, can, can you shoot a doe if you fill one? If you fill, if you shoot one buck with your bow, can you still shoot a doe with your shotgun? I think so because each each unit is different. That's kind of what's goofy about Minnesota is each unit has different limits for deer. So, like the unit I'm hunting in, the has a three deer unit or three deer limit. So I could kill three deer in that unit, but one of those deer would have to obviously be my statewide tag. So in the unit I'm in, it's a three deer unit. I could shoot one buck and then two does. Interesting. The unit that like Elena's family has land in, that's a one deer unit. And if I shot a doe in that unit, I couldn't shoot a buck. I was going to say, so they, they do not follow the same thing where you can only shoot one buck, but you could also get a doe. You, one, you, they're like North Dakota, where once you take out with your bow, unless you have some other sort of you know herd reduction or something, once you take out, you're done. Yeah, it's, and, and that's something I'm still learning, too, that all I know is like, you know, each unit has their limit, and you got to know where you're hunting, and you know, making sure you're putting the right tag on um, so you don't end up losing one, you know, so I have a tag that I would only use for a buck because you can get a man or a bonus tag in every unit that would go on your dose. But if you shoot a buck, you have to put your statewide archery license on. That is also a, a good tip. Don't, uh, don't put your wrong tag on or you're going to, you're going to be regretting it. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would regret that. So getting into, sorry, before we jump to the next question I have, you were talking about how many tags you have in your pocket for this year. And then I asked that question. So. Yep. So hopefully I got a, any deer tag for South Dakota. Hopefully go over there. I'd like to get a buck, but at this point I just really want meat in the freezer. So something walks by, I might get shot in South Dakota. And then, you know, I could shoot up to a few deer in Minnesota, but it's different for wherever I hunt. So, have you ever thought about uh, venturing to, to North Dakota? Um, I mean, maybe that I've kind of started branching. I've bought some preference points, kind of do some western stuff that I've kind of been starting to get interested in. Uh, maybe some elk, mule deer, maybe. But I more so think if I ever go out west, it's probably going to be looking for elk. But I'm kind of just dabbling into getting 
some out-of-state tags. Uh, coaching football makes that stuff really tough because it's something that if I'm going to do, I'd like to go out there for, you know, a few days up to a week, you know, because I feel like that would make it worth it. Uh, coach football obviously, obviously makes that tough, but you I've been looking at getting might... into some other states, South Dakota, you know, that's, I'm probably always going to have a tag for South Dakota just because it's where I'm from and I know that area best, so. You might have to join the join the North Bros crew coming out out west. This was my first year doing it, and it was a it was a blast. I I would tell anybody who has a slight thought of doing it to try and get out there at least once to see if it's if it's for you or not. For a non-resident, is there just an over-the-counter statewide uh, buck tag? That I'm not a hundred percent sure on. See, like you, you're hunting, you know, multiple states. I have never even thought about going out of state, so I'm not sure. I don't believe it's an over the counter. I think you have to apply because I, when I told Derek that we were going out there this this year, he wanted to come with, and then he ended up looking for a tag, and the the deadline for the application was closed. So I'm not a hundred percent sure on how that would look, but. I know there's I know there's a way that you can at least give yourself the opportunity to get a tag. Yeah, I'd I'd have to look into that, but yeah, it's definitely something. I mean, it's, I haven't really hunted in a group much. I've kind of done a lot of stuff to solo uh, by myself, but I'd definitely be down for it at some point. It's just football makes it tough, man. And you know, maybe there's one day where I maybe wouldn't be coaching, but it's tough for me to see. Uh, not coaching, but one day it might happen. Well, and I need to start looking into coming and going in your neck of the woods too. So it's it's a two way street. I gotta I gotta branch out of my comfort comfort zone and try and try and broaden my my hunting horizons. Yeah, even though I'm not being a very good spokesperson for my neck of the woods, but <laughs> feel free. I maybe we'd do better if we had you know two brains thinking and bouncing ideas off each other, but it's all right. I got to, there's days where I get frustrated, but I just got to keep working. If I keep asking and knock on enough doors, I'm, I'll get a piece that I'll be happy with. I can maybe put some work into that, you know, I can get to know. And uh, I think there's deer to be shot out here, but just it's pretty much playing the game besides the hunting part. Right. Well, you know what they say. That's why it's called hunting and not killing. Yeah. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh I don't even I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I was out helping a farmer by working for him, just doing some little little odds and ends stuff, and that was on a Sunday and I got my cell cam sent me a picture at six thirty in the evening, still bright as can be, and it was the one buck that I have been tracking all year so far and he was there in the middle of the daylight just kind of just out for a stroll just passing through <laughs> that was tough that that one stung a little bit yeah that happened to me opening weekend the only daytime picture i've gotten well when my cell camera we decided to work opening weekend in minnesota i i sat saturday evening sunday morning and i may have sat Sunday afternoon and I didn't again haven't seen a deer so I never saw a deer and then Monday morning I had you know a nice a nice mature buck daylight at like eight o'clock in the morning that's gotta hurt a little bit yeah I mean it was opening weekend so I'm like oh well that's good to see you know a deer daylight but then again I hadn't seen one daylight and for some reason opening morning Something was good enough for him that he was able to daylight and go right by where I was set up at. But yeah, that looking back on it now, that yeah, it's, it stinks. Yeah, that's no fun. That's no fun. So my next question that we were <clears throat> going to get into a little bit ago, and then I had you finish talking about your tags. Um, you're you've got you've got a, a pretty large wingspan. You're you're not just a you know and and. Let me explain that a little bit. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird just saying it like that. But for your draw length, you've got a, a, a pretty long, or what what I think a lot of, of bow hunters would consider a, a, a pretty lengthy draw length. How did you 
how how did how did you go through the process of of picking up or picking out the bow that you have and then what bow do you have and what um like did you know that it was going to be or how difficult was it to track down a bow that that fit you well yeah so for those of you that don't know me i'm about six four uh i played offensive line and in college so i'm about six four 270 so i'm a big guy but i do i just have you know long arms uh i have a 32 inch draw length um kind of depending where you know my anchor is and kind of what release i use i think that bow i have right now it's at a two and a half which which is long you know there's not too many bows that are um that go up to that and when i was looking for a bow when i first started you know i went in to get fitted for a bow kind of excited like see what i can get and they measure my draw length and they're like yep well you have these these two options and i was like okay well you you know this one's like seventeen hundred dollars and then this one's like fifteen hundred dollars those were both points um and you know that kind of guided me in direction to uh you know Fred Bear brand one. It was literally like a Walmart bow, but it was like four hundred dollars. It was ready to shoot, so I ended up getting that one. Uh, and I shot two deer with it, so I I really can't complain about it. Um, but you know, it was cheap. It was super loud. The Walmart the wore out. The Walmart season. Walmart special uh, put in some work for you then. Yeah, it it did. I mean, it. I learned how to shoot that bow well once I got it tuned and. You know, I had to tinker with it a lot to get it to shoot well, but um, it it did just fine for me, and it was a good, you know, a good starter bow. I still have it. I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it. Um, but I always knew I wanted something nicer if I wanted to get really serious into it. Um, uh, I wanted something nicer, so I ended up going with a, a Matthews Atlas, and I think that bow goes up to 34 inches in draw length, um, and it's it's a bow I plan on, you know, shooting for a long time, hopefully. And, um, I was able to go on and I kind of customized it to me and got to adjust the let off and all that stuff. And, uh, so far I love that bow. You know, I haven't, haven't shot anything with it yet, but just being out hunting and shooting, I've shot it a ton. Uh, but that's kind of what I landed on, but really for bigger guys, it's tough. There's, you know, not as many options out there. There's a few that are pretty good, but, you're going to end up paying over $1,200 for anything um, that goes up to that draw length, with, which is tough. So being archery is definitely not made for the taller individuals, that's for sure. That or the ones that don't want to throw some uh, some cash into it. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, definitely wasn't easy for someone, you know, just coming out of college to find something. But, you know, luckily I was able to save up and get something. And now I got, that's something I like to shoot now, but. Yeah, Matthews has been good. Uh, it's just, it wasn't anything like that Matthews or anything was better. It, Matthews was a little bit cheaper than uh, Hoyt. I was also looking at some Hoyts, but I mean, I was looking at paying an extra $500 for a Hoyt. So I ended up just going with Matthews and you know, I haven't shot anything else. So I can't, can't say anything bad about anything else. But, you know, so far I've been enjoying shooting the one I got. Well, that and then going back to the Walmart special, I mean, I, I made the comment that, you know, it's not for the people that don't want to invest a little bit of, of money into it, but you don't have to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to be a proficient bow hunter. I mean, look at your old bow is just a $400 one that was all the way set up and ready to go. Yeah, it's a little bit louder than what, what a guy would like, but it obviously worked for you. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, too, that there's a lot of benefits that come from a longer draw length, too, that, you know, my my arrow speed is super high. Um, the bow I'm shooting now, I am shooting a heavier arrow setup, but, uh, and the reason I can do that and still, you know, get those further shots is just because of my draw length. So um, the closer you can get to your max draw length for a bow, the more efficient it is and the more you're going to get out of it. So, you know, I'm thankful for that in that case, but, but yeah, that. That Walmart bow, I definitely can't say anything against it. It's, um, I was kind of worried about maybe it'd blow up on me at some point because you never know with some of those cheaper ones. But <laughs> that's a that's a risk you're willing to take. At that point, yeah, yeah. But I'll always keep that bow. I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of it. There's just 
good memories. I mean, I, that's what I learned to, you know, bow hunt with. And so. Well, we're kind of we're kind of running a little low on time here. I wanted to venture into some some fishing talk, but uh, we gonna get out we gonna get out ice fishing this fall or this winter? Not this fall. It, winter's pretty much already here. Yeah, yeah, man. I'd like to. Uh, that's the other thing, you know, being a new Minnesota resident. That's another learning curve I got to go through. That, um, but you know, Minnesota, there's a ton of lakes around. It's just kind of learning where to go. But yeah, I'd like to like to meet you guys somewhere out there and maybe get in. You guys got ice castles, right? We got a we got an ice castle and two glaciers. Yeah, we're, we we really yeah. we really rough it up here in the North Country. <laughs> Yeah, most of my experiences, I do a lot of that early season, um, early season ice fishing. Usually, when I was in college, you know, right when Christmas break starts, up until Christmas break is about done. Is you know, I was pretty heavy into, you know, I was, spent a lot of time fishing on three to six inches ice, and you know, catching lots of fish doing that. And well, the nice thing, but that I do- haven't haven't done a lot of the doing it in the ice castles, so <laughs> I definitely don't think I. Well, you would be opposed to that. Have I told you about the uh, the the Devil's Lake trip that we're doing this year? No. What are you guys doing for that? Well, we've this will be our fourth year doing it, and there's usually twenty to thirty of us that go up to Devil's Lake, and we stay there for we get there on a Thursday, and then we come home on a Sunday, and it's a it's a blast. When is your? Uh... <laughs> Did you ever listen to the podcast where I spilled the news about you? Yeah, I did. Is that is that still a secret? Nope, nope. It, it's all out there. So when when is that going to happen? Yep. So, so what we talk about is uh, me and my wife are currently expecting that uh, we are having a baby at the end of March. Oh, dude, you'll be golden then. You'll be able to come yep. out. <laughs> you you might want to take full advantage of that one then before you're really busy. Yeah, I I probably will have to with that. Because once we get into the spring, you know, I like to turkey hunt too, but uh, we'll see how much that that gets happened when that, you know, when that part of my life comes. I'm sure I won't have much time for anything else, but yeah, I'll have to enjoy this winter if, if I can get out when I can. Well, the dates for that trip, I'll, uh, I'll get them to you. Well, I can just tell you. It's January 11th through the 14th. And all you have to do is get to Fargo. And once you get to Fargo, we can get you the rest of the way there. So we'll cut the drive in half for you. Yeah, yeah, I might might have to make that work. I've, I've done a couple nights, you know, in Ice Castle on um, some lakes in South Dakota. But definitely pretty nice when you can fish in, you know, sweatpants and a T-shirt. And... It's tough, man. You got the TV going yeah. with movies playing. It's I don't know how people do it. I'm still getting used to it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've I have a lot of success early early season. I've caught you know couple, two of the fish I have in my wall in my house right now have been you know from ice fishing. So I that, that was my that I've was, done that a lot. It's one of my favorite things to do. Another thing I wanted to ask you: you've got a couple how many how many sets of antlers you got on your wall? Well, none of them are mine. I was gonna. That was the next half of that. Is is who's uh, is is your wife outperforming you, or is is it uh, kind of even? Well, my wife has you know a smaller uh, eight point up on the wall that she shot during shotgun season in Minnesota two years ago, and the, there's a set of antlers I have on my wall that are pretty special to me. They're my grandpa's. Uh, so my dad's dad. It was a buck. He shot in like 1950-something. I want to say it was 1952 or 1954 or something like that. But it is just a beast of a deer. You know, I've, I've been meaning to maybe put a, a tape to it, but I bet it's all of 170. You know, the math on it, it's just, it's just cool. Uh, just the antler mount, just like the skull cap made into a, a mount. Um, but I have, I have a lot of fish and birds. That's about... That's all I have for mods, but so you 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 beat the wife in that category, but as far as deer, she's winning. Yep, she. I think she <laughs> shot two bucks with a shotgun, and she actually ended up shooting a doe with her her bow last year. So she's 
she's right there with me. I, I can't say anything about she. I think she shot four deer, and I've only shot two, so she definitely has outperformed me in that aspect. Well, you, you guys are beating me. I'm I'm uh, I'm at one. I've only killed one, and that was that was like seven or eight years ago. So we've been struggling. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she shoots another one this year with a gun or. Uh, she did did get the chance to be to get out with a bow this year, but uh, being pregnant, I think, has something to do with that. So. It might might play a play a factor into it. Yeah. Well, we're we're definitely gonna gonna have to have you back on. But before we we end this one, do you know what time it is? I do. I've actually thought of my question. Actually. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go first. Okay. So, and this is it's just something because it's something that I think about. And maybe you wouldn't be maybe the best person to ask this, but it'd be a good question for another time, too. If you could claim residency in one other state, so you could get your resident benefits in two states, what would that other state be? That's a really good question. I would probably... Man... You didn't expect me to be this stumped on this one, did you? Not really. It, it's a tie. But I got to pick one. And then I'll have you guess what the second one was. I would probably just have to go with Minnesota. But what do you what what, what do you think the uh the second my second one that I was kind of tossing it back and forth might surprise you a little bit. Is it South Dakota? It sure was. <laughs> you know, what about what about you? Yeah, mine mine has to be South Dakota. I mean, I've been, I've kind of thought about too what you know how cool it'd be to be resident of Wyoming or you know Montana states like that. You know where you get those over the counter elk tags and, but you know South Dakota is just if I could keep residency in South Dakota and have it in Minnesota, I'd. I do in a heartbeat because, you know, South Dakota is just, I think North Dakota is pretty similar too. I mean, South Dakota, you have, you know, whitetail, mule deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, you know, the yeah. uh, world record bighorn sheep was shot in South Dakota. That's you know, awesome. Mountain goat, elk, you know, I had preference points for all those animals that when I moved to Minnesota, I ended up losing those preference points. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. So it would have to be South Dakota for me just, and, you know, uh, the pheasant hunting, you know, in South Dakota is just unbelievable. That's something I miss too. Is you know, living in Minnesota, you don't you don't go out deer hunting and then hear you know twenty pheasants every morning when you go sit like you do in South Dakota. So um, but it was interesting interesting to hear you know your answers too. All right, I got I got a I think it's a good one, but I'm not. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Well, give me one second. I'm, I got somebody trying to call me here. No problem. He might have shot a deer, actually. That's uh, that's my uncle Jake that's trying to call, and this is that's the second time that he's called, and it just got dark, so he might have killed something. Oh. Um. So, if you could pick between having one average size piece of private property that you can hunt on or you can have several smaller pieces of property that you can hunt on which one you can't have both you can only have one you can have one average size or multiple smaller pieces well just to kind of give an answer i honestly think I would prefer the multiple spots. And he, here's my reasoning for it is that from what I've learned, you know, I've only hunted a couple of years is how important like crop rotation is that especially with those small spots, it really depends on what's, what's in for crops. Um, there's some spots that I've known that when they were corn, these spots were awesome, you know, and then when they switched to, whether they had a bad spring and they put cover crop in or if it's beans. Um, it seems like, you know, having that flexibility to go to a different spot on different years because of some of that crop rotation stuff, I think that plays a 
you know, a big part in what you see for deer. Um, so I just think having multiple spots would maybe help in that aspect. And I also think I'd have a really tough time hunting the same place. I feel like I, for some reason, would just do a lot better with multiple spots. I'm going to have to agree with you, and it's my reasoning would be just you know playing the wind and and having options where you could set it up to where you have you know well i got a bad wind here well that's okay i can go you know to this other spot or or whatever so i'm with you i I would take the multiple smaller chunks versus one chunk but really at the end of the day i'd be i'd be more than happy with a uh with one piece (laughs) I'd, I'd take that any day of the week, but yeah, it's it's nice to have places that you can kind of fall back on if you don't have that, you know, that ideal wind, or if you just know you have a bad wind that you really don't want to go in there. That is, it's nice to have something else to fall back on. Right, right. What has the uh, what's the weather been down there? I mean, you're not you're not far from us. Well, you're about three and a half hours to the south of us. What uh, southeast of us? So what up here? It's been. I mean, we've been sitting in the, the you know, 15 to 20 in the morning, and then it warms up to about 30, 35 maybe, and then it, it cools down again at night. Like tonight, uh, last night, it, it snowed. It probably snowed two or three inches up here, and most of that went away. But what, what, what's, the, uh, what's the weather situation down there? Yeah, so this, this past weekend, we got a big cold front that moved through. Um, the weekend before, actually, we were – um abnormally warm that it got up into like the 60s and i just so happened to be over in south dakota hunting and we got all that warm weather wasn't good for deer hunting but then this weekend we had a big cold front um was probably you know low 20s and then would only get up to mid 30s throughout the day um this morning probably woke up with two inches of snow that ended up melting off by the day but um yeah, we're gonna stick to highs in the mid thirties probably until this this week. I think Thursday, Friday is supposed to get up into the forties, but yeah, we're staying pretty consistently under under forty for uh, the past four or five days leading into this weekend. So you're kind of sitting in the same as as uh, a lot of the the rest of the Midwest big deer hunting states where it's. Uh, it's good. It's it's really really good weather for it. And now hopefully guys just have the have the opportunity to get out into the stand and Minnesota rifle kick. Well, by the time this episode airs, it has already it's already been going on, but it it actually opens mm-hmm. this coming Saturday. So it, I I I don't know, man. There might be might be a lot of deer that hit the ground this weekend. Yeah, I've already you know talked talk to it i've seen a lot of people that have seen them moving or you know have killed one that you know it's it's good weather for some deer figured out i i don't yet but you know it's this would be the weather if you're gonna have your best chance it's gonna be right now so so what do you got weather for deer hunting what do do you got coming up whether it's it's hunting with the wife or, or hunting yourself or what do you what are your next couple weeks here gonna gonna look like yeah, so I plan on getting out hopefully Thursday and Friday night uh, before shotgun season this weekend. Hopefully get it done before, you know, the Minnesota Orange Army uh, comes in full force. Um, then shotgun hunting this weekend with my wife and her family. That That's usually a fun time of, you know, just being with family, eating lots of food, uh, going out and hunting. Um, and then the next weekend I'm going out to South Dakota uh, just for that. You know, second week of November, I usually have really good luck out there, seeing deer at least. So, probably be my last trip out to South Dakota, and then we'll kind of see what late season brings, and uh, we'll be starting basketball at that point too. So, you know, the next few weekends, if I can get out, I can get out. But you know, I probably only have a couple weeks here to make it happen, and then hopefully get into some some ice fishing. Well, as as long as you don't mind driving a couple hours up to the north, uh, I think the the fellas that go out with the North Bros crew, we'd be happy to have you tag along with. Maybe you and Derek can ride together. 
Yeah, that sounds like a really good time. I'll definitely have to. If I can find some time, I would love to do that for sure. Is this your uh, first ever podcast? Yeah, it is. But uh, you did pretty well. Didn't uh, didn't seem like you struggled to keep up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I it's probably just because I listen to them, listen to too many of them, probably. But well, that's true. But yeah, I I appreciate being on. It was fun getting to hunting and fishing stuff it's that we're moving to a new place i I don't have like a whole bunch of friends quite yet to talk to about stuff so it was good to get to talk to someone about this stuff well we didn't even scratch the surface on the uh topics that we could have gotten into so you'll definitely we'll definitely have to get you back on after you after you punch that tag we'll we'll get you back on and then maybe eventually here we'll we'll get you on a in person episode oh yeah i know me and me and elena we're, we're always you know trying to get up there and come see you guys but you know now you guys know why we couldn't make it up there but uh we definitely plan on visiting you guys and you know hopefully getting up there and yeah i'd love to do one in person get to hang out with a bunch of you guys i could i could talk about this stuff forever so you'd fit right in man well you you uh you got anything to to close out with I don't. Uh, good luck to everyone. I mean, right now it's getting to be where deer are getting crazy. You're going to start to see a move a lot more, hopefully. You know, everyone has a little bit better luck than I've had, but you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying. I got, you know, four or five more hunts. I think I, that I can make it happen. And, I'll, you know, only takes one. That's all I'll tell everyone is only takes one. That's a that's a very good point. Hang out on the phone there before you before you jump off. I'm gonna round this one out. Um, like he said, you know, good luck to everybody getting out there. The weather is perfect. It's starting to get cold. Ice fishing is right around the corner, and we're gonna have plenty more episodes coming down the pipe to you. So thanks for tuning in, and until next time, we'll get back to you.